0: If you are under construction and committed to living life like it matters, you have found a home. Check us out on Facebook where we post new shows every day, facebook.com slash LIM radio. For information on my transformational leadership training, where I teach you how to live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net. And if you have a spiritual appetite, Check out my daily devotional with some wisdom from above at wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. The time is now to live life like it matters. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, Mr. Black, your radio life caddy. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. You might know it as fear. And earlier we had talked about fear conditioning. But now I just want to talk about fear because it's such a big play in our world. False evidence appearing real. And as a child of God, I'm a believer that God never gives us anything just to give it to us. Uh, we serve a God who has purposive striving. Everything he does, he has multiple reasons for why he does them. And so fear is given to us for a purpose, right? I mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, we're told in the book of Proverbs. and uh, the book of Hebrews, it says a, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I want my kids to be afraid of disappointing me, I want my kids to be afraid of uh, dishonoring me, if you will, not afraid to where they're like hiding in a closet, but it's the fear that they don't want to disappoint me, that they want to honor me, that they want to bring uh, glory to that relationship. And so first of all, you got to know something about fear. It's part of life. Matter of fact, I always tell people I can give you fear's address. Fear is right outside your comfort zone. And fear uh, is a very manipulative tool. Uh, Whether you like him or not, uh, Joe Biden, who is now our president, uh, had a running mate. His running mate was not Kamala Harris. His running mate was fear. It was COVID-19. The media had to tell you the same thing over and over and over and over and over. It had to make you fear. Uh, supposedly 400,000 people have died from COVID. I, I don't think that number is that high. Uh, I think it's an autoimmune disease. Of course, if you are immunocompromised, if you're severely overweight, uh, severely aged, um, have a, a medical condition like diabetes, whatever, you make yourself more susceptible to a lot of things. And just like AIDS, autoimmune deficiency syndrome, uh, when you had AIDS, you could get a cold and die from a cold. And most people uh, get healed from a cold. But what happens is your immune system is so weak that it then shuts you down. And so I want to talk about this thing called fear because it's a big deal uh, because advertisers use it. Uh, politicians use it. Matter of fact, there's a study, I think it's the University of Washington years ago. It said that angry people vote. Uh, Angry people will stand in line. Angry people will cheat uh, to win. Why? Because the ends justifies the means, right? Uh, if we're dealing with uh, someone who's an existential threat, if we're dealing with a terrible person, then even if I do something a little bit wrong uh, to defeat that person, it's really right because they're such a bad person. And think about what's driving all that. It comes down to fear. Today, I'm actually going to go through in detail the 20 most common blocks to leaders. You know, I, first and foremost, am a leadership trainer. You can go to likeitmatters.net to, to read about what I do. I've been doing it for 30 years, the most powerful two and a half days of training. And at some point in the training, I have people take a look at what's been holding them back. What's holding them back? Because if you know what's holding you back, then you can deal with it. A lot of people don't know what's holding them back. They get stuck. They get stale. They get stagnant. And they don't know what's what's stopping them. And so we have to identify what's holding them back. And as I've been doing this for 30 some years, I'm telling you right now, it comes down to false evidence appearing real. Remember, people don't respond to reality. What we respond to is our map of reality. In other words, we don't respond to what's going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. And our belief system is so powerful Whether it's true or not, it has the same effect on us. You can have a child who's in bed, who believes that there's a monster in their closet, who believes that there's a monster under their bed. Now, you and I know that monsters don't exist outside of real evil people, right? But yet that child's heart rate is beating through their chest. That child is panicking. They're crying. They're they're weeping for something that's not real. But in their mind, they believe it's real. And that's the key. And so let's break down this thing called fear. Because in my training at likeitmatters.net, I create a very intense environment. I put a lot of pressure on people. I, I guess you could call it a fear-based environment, not my intent. But when you put pressure on people, uh, then they get afraid. So I, I think that's fair, although not my desired outcome. And there, There's a lot of fear. Uh, and when you squeeze people, what's in them comes out of them. And so it's not that I'm putting fear in them. I'm putting a lot of pressure on them. And so whatever's in them is coming out of them. And that's why I do what I do in my training. So that people can take a look and say, wow, when I get squeezed by life, that's what comes out of me. Doesn't my family deserve better than that? Doesn't my wife deserve better than that? Don't my kids deserve better than that? Doesn't my husband deserve better than that? Doesn't my company need better than that? Doesn't my God demand better than that? Doesn't America require more than that in these tenuous times that we're in right now? And so you got to understand that we live in three zones. You know, the first zone that we all live in, we're naturally there, is called the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is where things go to die. We get stale, we get stagnant. That's where our marriages die. That's where, you know, God says you've left your first love. You know, when we first uh, fell in love with God, when we first knew we were saved, that God chose us. Some people are excited. They talk to everybody about it. And then it becomes comfortable. And they forget how important or forget their first love. And so that comfort zone is a place that we all want to get to. But the comfort zone is where things go to die. You got to be careful of that. Our passions die there. Our, uh, our, our drive can die there. Our push, our willingness to step outside of ourselves and give more, all that dies in the comfort zone. So we got to be aware of putting everything in this zone called comfort. Now, outside that zone called comfort is another zone called fear, false evidence appearing real. That's where fear is, right outside your comfort zone. Now, here's the cool thing about fear, and I've learned this over 30 years of doing my intensive training, is that fear is a straw man. It's not real. That's why I love the acronym, false evidence appearing real. Because in my training, I create a very intense environment, a very uncomfortable environment intentionally. Intentionally. And I don't want people to use stress-reducing techniques like laughter and guffaw. Uh, No, I don't want them to reduce the stress in my class, to reduce the fear. I don't want that. I want them to rise. I want them to learn how to function at a high level in a stressful environment, in a fear-based environment, because that is a great skill that will serve you well no matter what you do in your life. And so we have that zone called fear, false evidence appearing real. And in my training, within 24 hours, as uncomfortable as that training is, within one day, within 24 hours, they become comfortable in a fear-based environment. That's because once you learn how to function at a high level, this zone called fear goes away. It's like a dandelion. You blow on it. It's not there. And then right outside that zone called fear is a zone called panic, intense fear, Now, you can function for a very short period of time, but I would not forge your mail. And so one of the keys to life is to keep pushing your comfort zone. So what used to bring about fear now becomes familiar. And what used to bring about panic now just elicits a little bit of fear. And Dr. Susan Jeffers wrote a great book years ago. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. So in that zone called fear, what you got to do is realize fear is nothing more than a chemical response based on what you're thinking about, based on your breathing, and based on your physiology, your body's releasing certain chemicals, and those chemicals make you feel. And when you realize that it's just a chemical response to thoughts, to breathing, uh, and to your physiology, then you can feel the fear and do it anyways, and that's the key to life. And that's why I do what I do in Like It Matters. And that's why I do this daily radio show to help people because fear is increasing. It's not going to change because it's a great way to control people. And so I want to equip you. I want to give you the tools. I want to give you the power. Remember Dr. Viktor Frankl said between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about Feeling the fear and do it anyways. Why? Because there's nothing more than false evidence appearing real. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID 19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of leadership awakening. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're talking about false evidence appearing real. This is an important topic. Fear, false evidence appearing real. I want you to do something. I want you to hold out your hand. Now, if you're driving and listening to this radio show, please be safe. So make sure you can do this in a safe time, but I want you to put your right hand out in front of you, and I want you to imagine that there is a freshly cut lemon in it. So cup it a little bit. I cut a lemon in half. Uh, And that's a juicy lemon. There is juice dripping off the side. I mean, you could see, I mean, really the juiciest lemon you ever saw. Now, I want you to put that lemon up to your nose and take a big sniff. Smell that lemon. Feel the salivary glands uh, excreting underneath your tongue, right? And now I want you to open your mouth and take a big old bite out of that lemon. Now, my salivary glands under my tongue are excreting liquid. I start every morning. With a warm glass of lemon water with nothing else in my stomach for thirty minutes, it resets the system. It gets me moving pretty good. It's a good thing. So I love lemons. I drink them every single day. but I want to ask you a question if you actually did what I said and imagine the lemon in your hand, imagine it was fresh to cut. imagine smelling it the smell of that lemon, and then you take a big old crunch and bite out of it. If you actually did that, why the funny looking face why the squinty face why the why is your face all puckered up like that and then you would say because it's sour right and then I would say what's sour put your hand down you look weird I hope people aren't watching you you look weird there's nothing in your hand why then did your body respond like there was See, because we only function at 3 to 5% of a conscious rate. Our brain, only 3 to 5% of it's used at a conscious level. The rest is at the unconscious level. It's called the unconscious brain. And one thing I learned a long time ago, I teach people the rules of the unconscious brain because if you're going to make any lasting change, you must follow the rules of the unconscious brain because it runs the ship. We've all driven home before without realizing how we drove home. But we stopped at all the stops, we turned at all the turns, and we wound up at home. Why? Because mentally we were somewhere else. We were a self-induced, uh, basically hypnotic pattern. Believe it or not, a, tr- a, a trance. We were in a self-induced trance. But yet while our minds were somewhere else, our bodies were doing everything they were supposed to. See, this is how we work. There are four levels of learning. Uh, there's unconscious incompetence, where you don't know what you don't know. Then you go to the second level learning, which is conscious incompetence. Now you know what you don't know, but now you want to get a little better. So now you go to the third level, conscious competence. You learn things, and you become pretty good. But now you want to master it, so you keep learning it. And then you get to the fourth level, which is unconscious competence, where you don't know what you know. Uh, I've always been a boy in a man's world, and when I was younger, uh, I was a partner at uh, Union Equity Partners, and my best friend at the time, Mike Moody, used to say, you know, Black, I've forgotten more than you know, and he he was so right. He was so right, because the best salesperson, the best guy putting together widgets is not necessarily going to be your best sales trainer or your best widget maker trainer. Why? Why? Because some people are so good at something, they're at that fourth level, mastery, unconscious competence, where they don't know why they're so good. And so when you're teaching from something, you've got to teach from the third level of conscious competence. And so you got to realize your unconscious brain acts as if. I read an article about a year ago from the Irish Journal of Science, I think it is. It said 40% of memories are made up. So you have a right side of your brain and a left side of your brain. And your right side of your brain is your creative side, your uh, your conscious side, your uh, your emotive side. Those are things that really make us human beings. The left side of the brain is your hard drive, your memory, where you have your filing cabinets, where you put your past, your present, your future, all those filing cabinets, all the programs, You know uh, what I call all the CDs, all the LPs, all the eight tracks of what you've been programmed over your lifetime. Remember, we're all programmed. And every single person is working perfectly. I didn't say they were perfect. I said they're getting exactly the results they have programmed themselves to get. And so you got to realize that false evidence appearing real, that's what the lemon was. See, I had you imagine. I incorporated your sense of olfactory, sense of smell. I incorporated your gustatory, your sense of taste, uh, your kinesthetic, your sense of feel. I, I basically, for those who did what I led them to do, you your body reacted as if you had a lemon in your hand, but yet you didn't. And that is the same thing with fear. It is false evidence appearing real. That's why the book by Dr. Susan Jeffers, where she said, feel the fear and do it anyways. She said three levels down, fear comes down to a simple concept that I can't handle it. I can't handle it. But once you realize you can handle it, then you can feel the fear and do it anyways. And God told us Second 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spear of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's why I do this radio show. I want to get your noodle working. I want to get your noggin. We don't think for ourselves anymore. Too many people are living in a fear-based world just getting through things. Getting through the night. Getting through the next week getting through the election, getting through the pandemic, getting through a Joe Biden presidency, getting through a Donald Trump presidency. We're getting through a school year. We're getting through a bad phase in our marriage. We're getting through this disease. We're, don't you hear it? And when people live in this zone of fear all the time, it controls them. It's their master. And we're not supposed to let anything control us. That's what God was talking about when he said, you know, don't be drunk with wine. He said, he said, nothing's illegal for your child. of God, you've been given forgiveness. You've got grace. But he said, not everything's profitable. And fear has a purpose or we wouldn't have it. But so many people let fear run their lives. And again, Dr. Viktor Frankl has my favorite quote, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And I want you to know you can handle it. You can handle it. I don't care what's going on. And so fear's been studied. Matter of fact, in the 1970s, researcher Paul Ekman, Wallace Friesen, and Carol Izzard became interested in whether emotions differ across cultures. So they showed photographs of emotional expressions to people around the world to determine if a smile means the same thing in San Francisco as it does in Samoa. They found that everyone recognized an upturned mouth as a universal sign of happiness, and there was similar agreement about expressions of surprise, anger, disgust, sadness, and fear. Interesting, though, it appears that of all the emotions, the brain develops, or devotes, I should say, the most space and energy to fear. And Charles Darwin, by the way, was one of the first scientists to suggest that fear has a biological basis when he noted that nearly all animals exhibit fear in the same manner. Whether you're talking about birds or rats or apes or humans, animals in peril display a stereotype behavior pattern that includes freezing in place, increasing respiration, heart rate, release of stress hormones like cortisol, and increased tendency to startle. And because fear responses are so well conserved across species, it's possible to learn a lot about human fear from animal studies. And most of the research was focused on fear conditioning, which explores how an animal learns to fear-specific stimuli. However, one of my favorite studies uh, I'm going to cover after the break, and it's it's by Ivan Pavlov, and it was done with a small 11-month-old child about how we can actually anchor, how we can actually tie two things together and increase a stimulus of fear. And we're going to talk about that after the break. I'm Mr. Black. We'll be back in a couple minutes. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Today we're talking about false evidence appearing real. Yep, it's an acronym. F-E-A-R. Fear. And fear really makes the difference. Are we surviving or are we thriving? Fear makes the difference. Are we selling for good enough? Are we working to be the best of the best? Fear decides if we're going to settle or if we're going to push beyond. Fear makes us say, I can't handle it. And we stop making effort where if we can move beyond that lie, because it's a lie, you can handle it. You can feel the fear and do it anyways uh, and then move beyond things. But what happens as we go through life, things are anchored. Things are anchored. You know, in my training, I use, it's Japanese-style leadership training. You can go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. And by the way, if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash radio. And please go to YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, like it Matters Radio. Once we get a, a hundred subscriptions, then we get our own URL address. So we're taking all these radio shows and we're putting them to video and putting them on uh, YouTube as well. In addition to interviews I've done uh, and testimonials that we've interviewed people post class. So uh, please uh, use social media. We're just getting into it, so make sure you like us on Facebook. We do Me We as well, uh, and go to youtube and go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel today we are talking about fear and before the break i talked about this fear conditioning fear conditioning it's a it's a form of classical conditioning the types of associative learning pioneered by ivan pavlov you know mr pavlov remember pavlov's dog right and this was in the twenties, nineteen twenties, I should say. Now we're in the twenty twenties, so nineteen twenties. Uh, and what Pavlov did, it involved a repeating. Pairing a non-threatening stimulus, such as a light, called the conditioning stimulus, with a noxious stimulus, such as a mild shock, called the unconditioned stimulus, until the animal shows a fear response, not just to the shock, but to the light alone. It's called light alone. It's called a conditioned response. To me, I call these things anchors. We can connect two things. Like in my leadership training, uh, we use public speaking, the number one fear in the world, as a way to push through other fears, known and unknown. Uh, And so it's pretty intense. Uh, And so when I come out, I'm a full-blown projection. Uh, What Some of you might call screaming. I'm not screaming. I'm projecting. I have pretty good command of my voice. And see, a lot of people have abuse. Uh, matter of fact, I think I saw the figures. 70% of Americans, 70% of Americans has some trauma of abuse, whether it be sexual, physical, uh, psychological, verbal. Uh, I'm telling you, 70%. Uh, no wonder we're in such a mess, because everybody gets triggered. And that word triggering is really about an anchor, where we connect to things. Like In my class, when I start off really intense, really loud, what happens is a lot of people shut down because they were abused as a child, they were yelled at or whatever. And so they have this chain connected, this belief system that when someone is loud or when someone yells, it causes pain. And that's what all belief systems are. They're if A, then B. And remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. That's not a true statement. Go to a football game, uh, go to something like that, you know uh, People cheer and people get into it and they scream aloud, but they're not hurting anybody hopefully, right? And so what happens is we connect two things, and when one comes, the other one automatically comes with it. They're called anchors. And as a leader, we have anchors that we actually consciously control and we set, but there's a lot of unconscious anchors, unconscious anchors. So this is what happened with Pavlov. The most famous example of human fear conditioning is the case of Little Albert. Love that word. Little Albert, an 11-month-old infant used in John Watson and Rosalie Rayner's 1920 study. Like most babies, Albert had a natural fear of extremely loud noises, but no aversion to white rats. Of all the fears, and there are hundreds, if not thousands of fears, um, there are only two natural fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two fears that we're actually born with. Everything else is learned belief systems, is learned responses. Okay, I want to make sure you understand that. So, what Watson and Rayner did, they presented little Albert with a white rat. And when he reached to touch the white rat, they struck a hammer against a steel bar that was just behind little Albert's head. That little Albert didn't know it was there. He saw a little rat. The rat's walking toward him, white rat. And he goes to touch it. And as soon as his hand gets close to the thing, they hit this bell behind this bar and it shakes him. So after seven repetitions, seven repetitions of seeing the rat and hearing the frightening noise, Albert burst into tears at the mere sight of the rat. In addition, Albert showed some generalization of his learned fear response. He would cry at the sight of objects that resembled the white rat, like a white dog or a white coat. Interesting, right? Right. However, he also showed a lot of discrimination. He was not fearful of toys or objects that were dissimilar to the offending rat. But notice, it became white, became offensive. Again, it sounds like the world we live in today, right? Where white seems to be offensive. I mean, right now, if you're white, uh, you're a racist. Uh, You have no empathy. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, some people think that we're less than, we're not as good as black people because we're melanin challenged, if you will. Right. We're being programmed. We're being programmed that it's preferred to be homosexual than cisgender where it's preferred to I mean Black Lives Matter. The whole movement started by women who are, 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 are basically fascist. they basically don't want black men around. Uh, they want black men out. They believe in the, the transgender. They believe in the homosexual, that environment. They don't believe cisgender. They don't believe in traditional nuclear family. They're against all that. And so one thing about Black Lives Matter is interesting, uh, outside of the ones that have control in the organization, they're really not interested in black men being around. And so there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of phobia. And by the way, the difference between fear and phobia, because there are a lot of phobias. Fear is an emotion. It's generally induced when the subject perceives a threat. Phobia, though, is the Greek word for fear and can be defined as the excessive or unreasonable fear of an object, place, or situation. Does that mean that fear and phobia are one and the same? The answer, according to experts, no. There's a subtle difference between what is fear and what can be termed as phobia. The main difference lies in the intensity and severity of the emotions experienced in fear and phobia. And I got this from um, www.fearof.net. Fearof.net. And it says, consider the following example. It is dark and you're out for a walk. Suddenly a dog jumps on you and bites you. What do you feel? Pain, fear, shock, and terror. But will you turn into a dog phobic? The answer is probably not. Imagine for an instant the dog went away or was restrained naturally your fear would subside. However, there are people who have a phobia towards dog, and that is termed cynophobia. In such people, the memory would be relived over and over, and the person would be afraid of all dogs, including small poodles, great Danes. He or she would keep thinking of the situation again and again and again. So in short, phobia is a heightened form of fear. The phobic person often tries to fight his phobia, leading to greater form of anxiety. And also experiences extreme fatigue in the process. Simply put, phobia is fear squared. And that's why, you know, everybody's homophobia, misogynist phobia. You know, if you don't agree with a lifestyle... It doesn't mean you're afraid of the people. I'm not afraid of homosexual. I just don't agree uh, with that lifestyle as a natural lifestyle. I believe what the Bible says. I'm not afraid of foreigners, uh, you know, xenophobia. I'm not afraid at all. Uh, it's just I believe that we should put Americans first. And once we've taken care of Americans and we got leftovers, then we should allow other people to come in and we can take care of them too. And so that's all, but we we use this phobe. That's where the word phobe, transphobe, homophobe, it's the basis from phobia. And I wanted to cover in the last segment that there are basically 20 most common blocks to leadership. And I want to cover these in the last segment. I'm going to go through them in detail because this is what I do. I work with people. My outcome is to help people maximize the potentials they were created with. I want to help you reach your potential. And we have limiting belief systems, and we have trauma and drama from the past. That's what the PTSD. But more importantly, we have fears that are unfounded. Remember, by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. And a lot of us had a lot of trauma and drama going on at six years old. And so we're now 40, 50, 30, 20, and yet we're running on rules that were created when we were little kids. So it's time to deal with this so that we can become the person that we are created to be. Remember to like us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash LIM Radio. So I am Black. We'll be back in a few minutes. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. I am Mr. Black. And today on radio, Like It Matters, we are talking about false evidence appearing real. And this is the purpose for this radio show, to help us all rise up, to help us all become better at who we are and what we're doing, to challenge old belief systems that are not serving us well. Remember, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. They drive everything. The reason you're listening to this radio show, the reason why you wouldn't listen to this radio show, everything you do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And most people, number one, don't know what they believe. And number two, most majority of our belief systems were put in place when we were much younger. When we were six years old, Dr. Adler says, a majority of our map of reality is in place. And that's why we call being this radio show under construction, Under construction, we're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. In the corporate world, we call that Lean Sigma, Six Sigma, right? And in the training world, we call it LikeItMatters.net, where you can go there and take Leadership Awakening or Leadership Adventure. I do two-and-a-half-day intensives. And on this radio show, I bring uh, all kinds of sciences here. I do believe in science. Uh, I believe in disciplines of, of the psychology of communication, so, I, my background's in transactional analysis, the work of Dr. Eric Byrd, neuro-linguistic programming. I got my master's in NLP with doctors Milton Erickson and Virginia Satir, multiple intelligences with the work that Dr. Howard Gardner's done at Harvard in learning, a logotherapy, the work with Dr. Viktor Frankl. Kanai, you know, constant, never-ending improvement. Dr. W. Edwards Deming, who basically went to Japan after World War II and rebuilt Japan, showing that quality's what matters. Emotional intelligence, uh, the seminal work by Dr. Dan Goldman and many more. And then I'm a man of God. And so I wrap it up in the Word of God. And so I was going to list out the 20 most common blocks to leadership. I don't think I have enough time. I don't think i do it justice. I think I'll do an entire show on that because it's really something to take a look at and uh, figure this out. Because my goal is to help you be everything that you want to be. You know, George Bernard Shaw, the famous writer, uh, was near the end of his death. Uh, I'm sorry, near the end of his life, he was with a group of reporters. And one of the reporters asked him a question. He said, George, if you could live your life all over again. And be anybody you wanted to be, who would you be? And he thought about it for a moment. He said, you know what? If I could be anybody I wanted to be, I would be the George Bernard Shaw that I could have been. What he was talking about, living to his full potential without the fear, without the doubt, without the limiting belief systems, without carrying our chains of pain, our chains of fear from our past into other people's future. It really is about BS, belief systems, what you think you're capable of, who you think you are, those existential questions of who are you, why are you here, what's your purpose. If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of life? And in the great book that I reference all the time, Dr. Susan Jeffers wrote called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. She said three levels down, fear comes down to a belief system. And the belief system is I can't handle it. That's a belief system. And once you realize and change that belief system that you can handle it, then you can feel the fear and do it anyways. That Stepford Brook or Stopford Brook has a great quote. He said, if a thousand old beliefs were ruined in our march to truth, we must still march on. See, that's why there's something called cognitive dissonance, right? Cognitive dissonance. Is a term for the state of discomfort felt when two or more modes of thought contradict each other. In other words, when you have competing belief systems. And then, if you understand the neurological levels, that we have six levels we have spirit, we have identity, we have belief systems and values, we have capabilities, we have behavior, we have environment. And so, we have belief systems on all six of those levels. And so sometimes we got to realize that there's cognitive dissonance. There are beliefs that were put in place without our knowledge, maybe some were imprinted, that are still in place, that are butting up against other beliefs that you've grown as an adult. And until you take an inventory, until you catalog what you're doing with your belief systems, what they are, you'll never know. And one of the first things I do at Leadership Awakening, my leadership training, is we have you take a look at your beliefs. Because everything you do or do not do is driven by belief. And that's also where all your fear comes from, your beliefs. That's why on this, this radio show, I want you to work your noodle, work your noggin. Your brain has unlimited plasticity. It never has to wear out. It's the one organ that can get younger and fresher with the more use. So this quote, I really, this guy, Franz Fanon, he wrote a book, Black Skin, White Mask. I don't like it at all. I've read some of his quotes. Not really that good. Uh, but he does have this great quote on cognitive dissonance. He says, sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit in with the core belief. And that is the destruction of Donald Trump. The media had to make you believe, whether it's true or not, that he was a buffoon, that he was a racist, that he was misogynist, that he was xenophobic, that he was just out for himself. And then he would say and do things that I can't defend all the time, just like everybody else does, like you do, and like Obama did, and like Biden did. We all do it. And so you gotta realize we gotta deal with these beliefs. That's why I love the story. I heard a great message years ago about a buzzard, a bat, and a bee. See, if you put a buzzard in a cage that is less than 8 foot by 10 foot and leave the top open, but have it fenced in, the buzzard will not be able to get out. Even though the bird can fly, it is used to running a few feet and flapping its wings and flying away. So even though it can fly and the top is wide open, it doesn't believe it can get out. So it won't. Don't you get it? False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is it stops us from doing things we're capable of how about a bat if you take a bat and put it on a level ground even though it can fly it won't why because it prefers it has a belief system that likes to be on an elevation and then throw itself to begin fly that's what it does it drops and fly it basically throws itself and begins to fly so again even though that bat can fly and it can get away, it won't because the conditions are not what it believes are good for it to fly. Again, false evidence appearing real. You got to get, that's what fear is. It's a belief system that limits us. How about a bee? If you take a bee and drop it into a tall glass, that bee will die in the glass. The bee never looks up. So it doesn't know the top is open. It won't climb the glass. It will keep bumping in the walls of glass and eventually die because it doesn't look up to see it has an opportunity again to fly away. It is false evidence appearing real. And that's what fear is. And we got the media pushing fear. I mean, I've never seen a candidate now president that lives off of fear. You got to fear Donald Trump. You got to fear a sedition for four years. They talked about a fake election that Donald Trump was not properly. He was uh, he was not a right president. That they they stole the election. That he should have been verified. Remember, all the celebrities did a whole ad about people electoral college. You don't have to vote the way your people said. You can vote however you want. Now today it's called sedition. Now today, it's called want to overthrow the government. But for the last four years, it was called democracy. It was called the right things to do. See, Adam Jacob said, the wings of hope carry us soaring high above the driving winds of life. We got to know what we're capable of. We got to realize that God created us for this environment. You know, God knows exactly what's going on. God's not surprised by coronavirus. God's not surprised by any of this. He knew it was coming. And God's omniscient. He can't learn. He has perfect knowledge. And I remember years ago, I heard a sermon about Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, 2, you know, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings that covered the face, with two they covered the feet, and two they were flying. Think about that. And I heard the sermon years ago, and it made sense. God creates his creatures to be successful in the environment he's going to put them in. God knew this was coming. God knew it was COVID. Read the book of Revelation. God knew all about this. See, God gave us things that we need to function in the environment that we were put into. Think about that, right? Look about birds. Birds were going to be put in the air. So they were given wings and light skeletal systems, Right. Fish would be put in water, so they're given scales and gills. God is not surprised by where you're at. There's never been an emergency meeting in the Trinity. You have all the tools, gifts, resources, pain that you need to get you where you want to go. You just have to remember who you are, what you're here to do, and the quality in which you do it. And we call that a mission. And so you need to tune in weekly to this radio show on your station. And if you just heard this on your station for the first time, call them up and say, We need Like It Matters Radio, because this is where we work to be better. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You've been listening to Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black, your source for inspiration, education, and application. Learn more and register for an upcoming class at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.